Happy New Year, everyone. Can you believe it? 2010. Oh my gosh. Where is life going to? It's flying by. 2010. It, it just seems bizarre to me because it was just, it seems like yesterday. I, I mentioned this before when everyone was so frightened that there was going to move into the year 2000. Oh, what was going to happen? We better move to farms because water won't run. And, and oh, gee, it was, we went through everything. And, and, and here we are, 10 years later. Just seems like time has just flown by. You know, as we look forward to this particular year, you know, I just marvel at the Word of God. I do. Because it, it brings us to a place, it makes us reflect upon what are we going to do with ourselves this particular year? How much time do we have left? I mean, let's be practical. Nobody has promised you or me tomorrow, let alone this afternoon. And what are we going to do with our lives as believers in Jesus Christ? And for those of you who are visiting for, with us, and, and you've not yet made a decision in your heart, perhaps, whether to come to believe or trust in Christ or not, we want you to listen to the Word of God. Don't, don't so much concentrate on what maybe I'm saying, but listen to what the Bible says as it speaks to your heart. And for those of us who know the Lord and and those of you who are curious and, and are trying to search, what does this whole thing mean of faith? We want to we ask you to kind of consider what does this year mean to us? What are we to do with the year 2010? As much as the Lord gives us. Well, we come to a place in Scripture that is incredible. It just fits in with this whole mindset of what are we going to do in this new year? We come to one of the greatest statements in God's Word where we were in chapter 5 of the book of Ephesians. Would you please turn with me there? It's the great statement. It is concerning all that we are to be within our faith. Paul simply and purely writes these words. Look at, at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, he says, let's be imitators of God. Let's walk as beloved children of His. In the fourth chapter, in the first verse, it states what I believe to be the very credo of those of us who desire to follow Jesus Christ. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, he says, I, I therefore, a, a prisoner of the Lord, entreat you. He says, I, I, I beg of you, I beg of you, walk in a manner that is worthy of your calling. What a statement. What a way to walk in the year 2010, to walk in a manner that is worthy of our calling. What's our calling? Well, we want to investigate that. We want to find out what each of our calling is, because each calling will be different. And God asks you and me to walk in a manner worthy. And as Paul said in chapter 5 and verse 1, may I repeat myself, we are to be imitators of our God because we are beloved children of His. Now before Christmas hit, we, we left off here in Ephesians chapter 5 discovering walks. Chapter 5 talks about three 
particular walks. Walking in love, walking in light, and walking, as we're going to see today, in wisdom. As we walk into the year 2010, we are to walk in wisdom. Now, let's review just a little bit. In verse 2, it said of chapter 5, we are to walk in love. The key to loving, though, is, I believe, forgiveness. In, in verse 1 of, of chapter 5, Paul begins by saying, therefore. So, therefore, moves us back to what has just been mentioned. And, and the key to therefore is, is in verse 32 of chapter 4. Be kind to one another tender-hearted towards one another, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven us. Therefore, we're to walk in love or this forgiveness. Then we saw in verses 7 through 14 that we are also to walk in God's light. Now, light is to the nth degree light just exposes darkness. And, and it says in verse 11 of chapter 5, Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. Our light ought to expose darkness. So if we are to walk in love and forgiveness, and we are to walk in light, we are to expose darkness. Exposing darkness, the word expose means to gently correct when we see a wrong. And so if we are to be careful how we walk, we're not to be hypocrites. As believers, we ought to have a testimony of our lives so that when, when we bring our light, so to speak, actually the Lord's light into a, a room or into wherever we are, we're to expose all darkness. And, and we can't be hypocrites. So we need to be careful how we walk in this love that we have, the forgiveness, and in this light that we have that exposes, gently exposes uh, darkness. Which brings us to the third walk, to where we are today. The walk that I believe is critical for us in the year 2010. And that is, we are to walk in wisdom. Please read with me Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. There is absolutely so much in these verses that lead us into the whole subject of marriage. When we get into, into verse 22 of chapter 5, and, and that won't be for a couple of weeks, we will be talking about marriages. Husbands, how do we treat our wives? Wives, how do you respond to your husband's love? Then parents, how do we deal with our children? And children, how do you respect your parents? And then it also talks about how we as believers are to be out in the work field. Whether we have a company or we work for someone, how we are to react and be within our influence and in our area of where we work. But these verses that lead up to that verse 22 are, are just so powerful. Read with me at verses 15 through 17. Therefore, Paul begins again with saying, Therefore, 
be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, but as wise. Making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Let's stop there, because to go further would actually be impossible for me at least. It, it, there's too much meat in this area of Scripture than to go on further. But, but wouldn't you want to know, don't be foolish, but, but understand what is the will of God. Do you know what the will of God is? Well, next week, this is an advertisement, I guess. But next week we're going to tell you so clearly what is the will of God that when you walk out of here, there will be no, there will be no way that you won't understand what is God's will for your life. Uh, we will, by the Word of God, explain to you biblically what is God's will for every single one of us. And for every single one of us, it is not the same. It will be different in your life, just as it might be different in my life. Certain things are, 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 are the same, but, but the ultimate will of God for you, you'll find, is what, well, you'll find. You'll find. Let's pray though. First, Father God in, in heaven, we, we adore you. Absolutely, utterly adore you. We thank you for this season of the year, Christmas. We celebrated, Father, the birth of your Son, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We celebrated that wonderful truth that the, the Messiah, God Almighty, God with us, was born in a manger to two dear people, Joseph and a woman that you chose, Father, called Mary, to give birth to your Son. And Father, we walked through this particular season considering the, the wonders of this moment, the wonders of what this time of the year means to us. And now, Father... We look forward. We lift up our eyes and we look ahead to the year 2010. What will happen? What will take place in our lives? And what will the, the world be like? And what we will learn is regardless of what the world will be like, we can remain consistent, passionate, pure in our love for you no matter what might happen in this world, you have given us the privilege of walking in wisdom, making the most of our time. You warn us, Father, that these days are evil. And so you ask us not to be foolish, but understand what is your will. Father, would you please open up our eyes and our hearts and our minds and our thoughts that we might behold wonderful things from your law, the Bibles that we hold in our laps. The very essence of what is life and wisdom and truth and light and love is written within the pages of these Bibles that we hold. And so, Father, teach us from them. Move me aside so that we might not be interrupted by any kind of human thought but rather we would just concentrate on the words that you 
have spoken to us through your word. We might know them better so that we might truly walk with you this coming year. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know, I, I'm not one to make any kind of, what do they call them, resolutions? I, I don't do that. I learned long ago not to do that because I fall short. It, I don't like that trapping. I, I, I do, though, offer to you the thought of making this year the best year possible as far as your walk with Jesus Christ is. We as a church want to help you to grow. We as a church are going to give you every opportunity to have a wonderful marriage We're going to give you every opportunity to grow in your faith. And we're going to kind of encourage you through through uh, through the readings that we do, God book and going through the Old Testament. We're going to encourage you to do that with all of our heart. We're going to encourage you to do that. And we're also going to encourage you with all of our hearts to get into small groups. The very essence of a church, any church, any, any, any church is small groups. Small groups are where everybody really can grow. Small groups are where you hold each other accountable. Small groups are the places where you will become all that God wants you to become. And so we're going to ask you to try to find the time. Try to find the time to get involved in a small group. As Tom and Danny told us a little while ago, and they shared with us what happened when they went to EE and how getting involved in this church. Last night, I don't know if he said it this morning, but last night they were only here a couple of months and they, they got involved in this EE class and then they got in small groups and it's just one thing after another they came here they only knew a couple people and now they know all kinds of people and we want to encourage you to try and do that i want to encourage you to get involved this year the year 2010 be a year that you really get involved in your faith and in the rock community church well here in verse 15 paul immediately begins by saying therefore be careful how you walk You see, if we are to be light, if we are to expose wrong, then we need to be careful how we walk. We can't walk as unwise people. We've got to walk as people who are wise. The word careful there, I'm telling you, this is such a study, this particular place. The word careful there carries with it the idea of looking or examining or investigating being careful in other words we are to come to our walk or this wisdom and we're going to find out in a moment the wisdom only comes through the word of god we cannot come to this walk flippantly we can't we got to examine the word of god we've got to understand what does god want from us How should we walk? Where should we walk? At what pace should we walk? Where does He want us to walk this walk that He asks us to carefully walk in, to be diligent, to walk in a manner that is worthy of our calling? You know, Luke Luke spoke in the book of Acts. You don't need to turn there. The 17th chapter, the 11th verse, but you might want to look at it later. He said that the Bereans were more noble-minded than the Thessalonians. Do you know why? It said because, let me read it to you, they received the Word of God with great eagerness. You know what? Much like you. Much like you folks. 
I mean, if you had the privilege of being here every week and looking out into this wonderful audience, these wonderful people, as you, you get to be here week in and week out, and you, you see where people normally sit. You see where people normally come in, they, how they sit. But you also can see people whose eyes are riveted on you. I'm telling you, that can be intimidating. Ask Tom. You get up here and all of a sudden you see everybody staring at you and, and it just becomes intimidating. But for me, because I've been here for so long with you, it, it's become a love affair. And I try with all of my heart, before I get up here, I try to ask God, God, empty me. Empty me out as low and as much as you can. I want to I come up here just empty, Father. I want you to explode upon our hearts and in our lives. And you people are much like, in my opinion, the Bereans. You receive the, the Word of God with great eagerness and you examine the Scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. In other words, you and I are not to take what is being set up here by whoever says it as gospel. We're to examine it. We have the privilege, you and I have been given the privilege of, of having our own Bibles and we have the privilege of examining these things that are being said to us to see if these things are true or not. That's why those of you who are here investigating your faith, we want you to, to understand and know that you shouldn't listen to everything that if I'm the one that's speaking that's saying it. Listen to it, examine it, see if the things that I'm saying are true or not. I made this statement last night and I make it again today. I guess, Pastor West, you can confirm this and bill you can as well if you do not have your own bible we will give you a bible as a matter of fact true west somebody uh, offered and has is is supplying us with bibles for those of you that don't have i'm talking about a good a leather bound bible i'm look i might chuck this thing in my own cell although although you know but the word careful, back to the thought of where we are, it, it, it carries with the idea of examining, investigating. Be careful how you walk. Just don't flippantly walk this, this walk called Christianity. Like the Bereans, receive the Word of God. Study it. God book. Old Testament. New. Get into small groups. Study, study, study. This year, 2010, make it a year where you decide to really, really deepen your walk with Jesus Christ. Take away all the other things that might be getting in that way. Watch, watch what, watch how the Bible teaches it. Oh, this is so great. So we're to be careful how we walk. Why? Well, we're to make the most of our time. Ooh, how does, how does the Lord put that in here? Make the most of your time. That refers to the amount of time each of us has within our lives. But, but, Paul, when he wrote time, did not write out the word in Greek, C-H-R-O-N-O-S. That talks about clock time. Time on a wristwatch or a clock. He did not mention this kind of time. He mentioned the word time, K-A-I-R-O-S, that refers to time that is measured out or allocated to each and every single one of us. There is a fixed amount of time that you and I 
have to live on this earth. Why some of us get to live older or longer than others, that's between God and and whomever. But you and I don't have that choice. We do not know what tomorrow brings us. We have only been given this amount of time right now to live for our Lord. I beg of you, as Paul entreats us to walk in a manner that is worthy of our calling, I entreat you, I beg of you, make this year a year where you grow deeper in the Lord. And the only way you and I will grow deeper in the, war, in the Lord is be careful, be investigated, be curious about what you study so that you know how to walk. In this great stuff? This is amazing how God pulls this all together. A fixed amount of time. Listen, Christian, I want to say this to you with all of my heart. The most spiritually foolish thing that you and I can do in the year 2010 is to waste away our God-given time. The days we have on this earth. By not really doing the things that we ought to be doing unto the Lord and doing other things. Oh, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have other things, hobbies and all of that. All of that makes for a well-rounded person. But when you get to the core of what is your life, when you get to the very essence of who are you and what are you and what is it that you are to do with your life, it ought to be when they boil everything else down. It ought to be your wife, if you're a man, if you're married, your family, your business, and your walk with God. Colossians says it best. Paul wrote, whatever you do. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, he says, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you're going to receive the, the reward of the inheritance because it is the Lord Jesus Christ whom you and I serve. Be careful with the time that you have. Make the most of it. Take full advantage of every opportunity that God has given you to serve Him. I mean, really, is it that difficult to, 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 to go through a, a, mar- a line where you're at a market, say, all the time, and, and see this person that checks you out and not make, it a, not make a, just a gesture of kindness to him? And then to say, how are you today? Pretty good, or maybe not so good, and oh, where do you church? Oh, I don't church. Hey, yikes. Well, if you ever do, if you ever consider, I'd love to tell you of a great place I'd love for you to worship. What trouble is it for us to be a light, a little bit of a light in this dark world in which we live? So verse 16 says, make the most of your time. In other words, take full advantage of this allotted amount of time, whatever length it is that God has given you and me. Let me show you a story. It's in Luke chapter 12. If, if, you, have a mo- have a moment. if you have a moment, turn to Luke chapter 12. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. It's, it's to the left, of course, Matthew, Mark, and then Luke chapter 12. It's a great story. It's a story about a farmer. farmer is doing really well with himself. Things are going pretty good. And so he says to himself, what should I do? Oh, I know what I'll do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build bigger barns. That's what I'll do. 
I'll be able to store all this crop that I'm, I've made here. Then I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to kick up my feet. I'm going to rest all the days of my life. I'm going to eat. I'm going to drink. And I'm going to be merry. That's what it says in, in Luke chapter 12, verse 16 to 21. The Lord God comes upon the scene and in verse 20 He says, You, what? You fool. You fool. You think you know how much time you have? Do you think you know what lies ahead of you? You fool. This very night, your soul is going to be required of you. For those of you who are investigating about the Lord, for those of you who are considering whether you ought to be a a, a believer in Jesus Christ, don't put it off. You do not know if this very night is the night your, your soul is going to be required of you. Come to believe and trust in Jesus Christ. And then Jesus said in verse 21, A fool is the person who lays up treasure for themselves and is not rich towards God. You know, I saw a very interesting program. I I watched a lot of very different types of programming on TV. I've always told you TiVo has saved my marriage, right? I already told you that. TiVo's great, man. Football games, wife comes in, big play's about to happen. I see she's about to ask me something. You can see it. You read it all over her face, you know. I'm thinking, garbage, what, 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 what? So I pause. I pause. I give her my full attention. Yes, dear. Oh, boy, without TiVo, I'd say, come back later. Come back later. It's a big play. Well, not anymore. Pause. I say to the TiVo, you come back later. I'll take care of my wife. Thanks, Barbara. Very good. I love your laugh. We need to lay up treasures. I forget where I was going with that little tree. That's why I was pausing. Now, where was I? The fact of the matter is, the person who lays up treasures for themselves and is not rich towards God is a fool. A fool. And you and I ought to make this year one that we pour out our... I know what I was going to say. I was watching this program, and this gentleman who is now a billionaire, it starts with a B, billionaire, made more money than he knows what to do with. said when he was making absolutely nothing, he and his wife were living on almost nothing when they first started off. He never stopped giving unto the Lord. He never, I'm not asking for your money right now, but he never stopped giving unto the Lord. And the Lord, I believe, saw his faithfulness and believed that he could entrust him with something more. I encourage you not to lay up treasures for yourself this year, but rather be rich towards God. I can't tell you what to do or how to do that. Okay, uh, my wife, really, I'm running out of time. This is ridiculous. I am really on rabbit trails. It's a brand new year, a brand new job. She said to me, do you know how much money we gave this year to the church? I said, no, I don't. Do we need to give more? That's my first response. And she told me, and I thought, hey, that's Pretty doggone good. I won't tell you how much. I can just tell you it, it beat the heck out of 10%. It beat the heck out of 
you know, God wants to bless us. And He doesn't want us to, to not give and be rich towards Him. I can only tell you that. And I can tell you, I absolutely adore my wife. She has taught me how to give. She has taught me how to give. And this year, I want to grow deeper in my Lord. I want to make this year, 2010, really special. So he says in verse 15, let's get back and let's see if I can finish this off in the next few minutes. We might be a little long. Forgive me for that. He says in verse 15, be careful how you walk. Don't walk as an unwise person. Be wise. Well, see, the opposite of wisdom within the word of God is called foolishness. A fool. We are told in verse 17 of these three verses, don't be foolish. Rather, understand what is the will of God. You see, God's idea of foolishness or a fool is stated clearly in the Word of God. In Psalms 14, verse 1, Psalms 14, whatever way that works, verse 1 is, A fool has said in his heart, what? There's no God. Why worry? A fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You see, the world's idea of a fool is someone who acts without intelligence. Someone who acts irresponsibly. Yet scripture tells us a fool is simply a person who denies the very existence of God. Listen to Paul's explanation. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, he says, The natural man, that's an unbeliever, does not accept the things of God. Why? Because, he says, they're foolishness to him. They're foolishness to this unbeliever because this unbeliever can't understand them. Absolutely they cannot. Because they're not spiritually appraised. They don't have the Spirit of God dealing within them so as to teach them what the Word of God says. Paul confirms what he teaches in First, excuse me, in yes, First Corinthians chapter two, by saying in First Corinthians chapter one and verse eighteen, the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. That's an unbeliever, but to those of us who are being saved, to believers, the word of God, the word of the cross is the power. It's the power of our God. Another reason why I marvel at seeker-friendly churches who do who ask you, don't open your Bibles. For goodness sakes, don't embarrass the non-believers who come into our church so as to make them feel uncomfortable. Listen to the wonderful words of Isaiah where God says, My word, which will go forth from my mouth, says God, will not return to me empty, says God. It will accomplish what I desire it will succeed in the manner in which I sent it. That's why we want to preach to you this, not this. We want you to hear from God so as God will move your heart to be all that you and He wants you to be in the year 2010. We want you to sense that from your own spirit, not me trying to encourage you to do it. I've already encouraged myself. I want to be the man that God's called me to be in this coming year, as much amount of time as God has given me. God's Word will not be clear to an unbeliever until the Spirit of God moves upon their heart. And the Spirit of God cannot move upon a heart 
just by our own thoughts or our own philosophy, or our own religious beliefs. It must be the Word of God. Jesus Christ says, I, I tell you, I tell you the truth, He says, it's to your advantage. This is in John chapter 16. It's to your advantage that I go away, He says. He says, because if I don't go away, then the Helper or the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. And here's the job of the Holy Spirit. When He, the Spirit of truth, comes, this is in John chapter 16, verse 13, He will guide you into all truth. I can't guide you into all truth. Nobody here can. I'm not belittling my, myself. This is the only thing that will guard or guide you and me into all truth. The Word of God. As you open it up and you see, what does it say to your heart? That's why God book in the Old Testament this year is critical for you. That's why small groups are critical. They hold you accountable to try to understand what is written within these pages. The Holy Spirit will guide you and me into all truth, He says, in John sixteen thirteen, Consequently, without the Word of God and without a knowledge of God, we will become a people who will ultimately lose our moral compass. Amen to the United States of America. I love this country in which we live. But we're pushing the Word of God out. We're pushing religion out. We're pushing everything about God away from us. And we're losing our moral compass. In Proverbs 12, 15, it says, The way of a fool is right in their own eyes. Proverbs 14, 19 says, A fool mocks at sin. And so the fool, the Bible says, is one who rejects God. A fool, the Bible says, is one who sets his own standard of right and wrong. That's why you need to carefully examine the Word of God so that you won't set your own standard let God be your standard bearer of what you're going to do this year in 2010. A fool is one who mocks at God's standard against sin, is flippant about it. Oh, I'll confess it later. And ultimately, a fool is the one that in time becomes their own God, in their own heart and in their own mind. And woe to a society that becomes led by people who reject God's way, who rejects the Bible. They are called fools. In fact, it says in Isaiah 5.20, Woe to those who begin to call good evil and evil good. And we are on that path. So, for us not to go down that path, you and I need to be careful careful how we walk and paul said it best he says i urge you i beg you walk walk in a manner that is worthy of your calling you see to take god out of the equation brings us to where paul said we'd be he warned timothy in second timothy 3 7 he said there are fools are he says people who are always learning and yet never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That should be on every... I just thought about it. That should be on every pastor's wall. 
Because over and over again, we, we try to teach the Word of God, try to tre- teach the truth of God, and there are people who sit and sit and sit and seem to listen and listen and listen and never seem to be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And I believe in my own heart it's because they don't study the Bible on their own. They don't go through what we do here. Maybe I'm overproduced or saying this, but God book, the Old Testament in small groups, and you're always hearing, but you're never seen, seeming to be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And a great proverb says, Proverbs 10:21 says, Fools die for a lack of understanding. You know, as a nation, as a people, we are growing immensely in our intelligence. There is a, a chart that I, I, I looked up. It says this, From the beginning of time, until 1845, how many years that was, if you took all the intelligence in the world and you graphed it, you could graph it for about an inch high, about an inch high, from the beginning of time to 1845. If you go from 1845 to 1945, that inch would now look like three inches. That's how much more intelligence there was. Whereas if you were to go from 1945 to 1975, 30 years, it wouldn't be an inch. It wouldn't be three inches. It would be the height of the Washington Monument. That's how much more intelligent we have surrounding us today. Now, if you took us from 1975 to where we are today, oh, goodness gracious, it would be somewhere in the... It would be up somewhere up there. It would be double, triple, quadruple. We cannot even measure how much more intelligence there is. We're so smart, we don't know how smart we are. Yeah, we've grown in intelligence daily. But Paul warns us to be careful how you walk, not as an unwise person, but someone who is wise. Paul wrote to Timothy concerning wisdom. Listen, listen to this. It's because we've got to rush. It's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. Look it up later. It said... Paul writes this to Timothy. Timothy, from childhood you have known the sacred writings. In other words, Timothy, you were blessed. You were raised in a home that taught you this, the Word of God. From childhood you knew this, which was able to, it says, give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus, your Lord. As far as God is concerned, people, that's true wisdom. An understanding and a belief in God through the Son, through salvation, through faith in Jesus Christ, which gives you the grace of God. Godly wisdom and godly knowledge comes through this great book that we teach you, hopefully carefully and truthfully every week. This book that you hold in your lap is the key to true wisdom. Every page of it, you'll find, will lead you to your Savior, Jesus Christ. That baby that was born in a manger. Oh my gosh, how great. Father in heaven, how great you are. Teach us, teach us, teach us, dear Father, from your word. Give us your wisdom, dear Father. May we not be a people who are listening, 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 but ceasing to grow. Just nothing happening. 
always learning and yet never able to be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Father, truth is your word. Sanctify us in your truth. Your word is your truth. Now, Father, bless us as we go. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I love you all. I'm a little bit late. I'm so sorry. Um, five minutes over. Have a great day. God bless you. <laughs>